All right, good evening and welcome. It's Friday night. This is the Independence Gang. Welcome to the program. I'm your host, JV. We've got Kimberly, Trish, and Drew joining us tonight. Britt is still under the weather. I have no uh, updates, no pictures to share tonight, sadly, because he was doing a really good job of, of uh, showing us, you know, his progress. Um, but he tried, uh, we were talking earlier and he was going to do the show tonight and he's got this thing called, that he's referring to as razor throat. Uh, I'm not sure if that's something like the Watergate uh, um, informant known as Deep Throat or something different, but he's calling it Razor Throat. I'm hoping that it means he's going to have a lot of really great information for us when he comes back to the show. Hey, everybody, JV here. Please take a minute and consider supporting the program. Our expenses are going up just like everyone else's. And it takes a lot to bring the show to you five nights a week. So we'd appreciate you going to the website, independencegang.com. Click on the Donate tab, or you can just type in independencegang.com slash donate. And spend a minute considering giving us a gift to help us fund our operations here. The Independence Gang is a labor of love, but there are expenses associated with it, and we appreciate your help. Drew, nice fern. I love the fern. And it's a different, is it the same room in a different angle, or have you moved rooms? No, it's the same room right now. I think I'm going to have to actually, I've got this basement downstairs and I'm pretty sure my wife is more than hinting that that's where I have to move to. It's a DIY yeah. project. So, yeah. um, who knows by two years from now, we're still doing this. Um, maybe you'll see me in a studio. Oh, two years. You think I've been doing, I've been in this, this basement set up for uh, six years now. So, um, and I had said I was going to build a studio somewhere else. So I don't know two years is a little, a little aggressive, but we'll keep our fingers crossed for you. Yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> Kimberly, nice giant microphone in the foreground there. That looks awesome. I don't know where else. I don't know where else I can put it. It'll be right in front of my face. That's all right. In front of my face. No, it's it's nice to have it there. It's kind of it kind of makes you know it, it's a statement. It's a statement, just like Trisha's crooked flag is a statement. Listen. <laughs> I tried to level it. It's still not level. It's just not cooperating. Oh. I, yes, I like. I, listen, I don't care anymore. Did you listen, try after our, our conversation Wednesday night on the show? Yes, yeah. I did. Yeah. Yes, I just. I'm going to be ungovernable. Damn it, Drew. See, I shame everybody into doing things, not just you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, it's I was such a bully. Yes, my. it is constructive. Uh, I, I do want to uh, take a, a serious moment here. Um, I'm, not, I'm sure most people have already heard the news that Meatloaf, uh, legendary performer, passed away at 74 years old. Um, I'm proud to say, but I won't be so bold to say he was a friend. He was certainly an acquaintance. He knew my name. He knew who I was. We, we'd chat every once in a while. I had a, a picture here that I'd taken with him years ago um, backstage at one of his shows. And um, he has been ill for a long time. I know some of the, the reports had referenced COVID, and I don't know the details of it, but I know he had a heart condition as well. So I'm not sure what actually happened. Uh, I'm sure we'll find out in the coming days. But um, Godspeed, Meatloaf, and uh, rest in peace, obviously. And thank you for all the fond memories and great performances. Um, speaking of great performances, guys, how, I'm assuming everybody saw at least clips of the Biden press conference the other night. Head, heads nodding, least clips. Ah, yeah. yeah, one of the things that I had, and we talked about it here, and other people are talking about it, not just us, is that um, he came out. He looked clearly medicated. He had way more energy than he normally does. He had his eyes were actually fully open, and he was not slurring his words like he normally does. 
And I had said at that point, when we were talking about it, breaking it down, I said, you know, I wonder how long before the hangover it will be the next day or it will be a couple days. Well, I, I just took a couple quick clips from Biden's address to the Conference of Mayors in New York, in D.C. today. And while these aren't super striking, I think we can all we can watch this. It's about a 20 second series of clips and uh, we can see the difference between his demeanor, his energy, his his ability to be articulate today versus the other night. 20 years past this planned life, it doesn't have modern safety features. And it's last inspected the bridge. The bridge is deemed to be in poor condition. And now it has two lanes on the bridge, okay? That a four-lane interstate feeds into, creating and causing major backups. Folks, that mirrors a view of the problem solving exactly what we brought to the American Rescue Plan. A new initiative to bolster our energy grid with stronger transmission lines and towers to keep the power flowing more reliably and consequently more secure energy supply. You know, I've flown all over the world, all over the country these last this last year, visiting sites that have been damaged by the consequence of environmental changes. You know, more, more forest homes, buildings, businesses have been burned to the ground. Okay, it was a little longer than 20 seconds. But either way, Trish, same man? I mean, I will say, say that the guy that stood up on, what was it, Wednesday night was actually a body double. I, I couldn't even understand what he was trying to say <laughs> in that second part. That was just crazy. No, the cognitive decline is definitely there. I know we joked about it on Wednesday that, you know, and, and on Monday night we joked about how we said, you know, he was on meth or something. But he, there is no way that this can be the same person without the help of some heavy-duty pharmaceuticals. Yeah, Drew, there's got to be something, an injection, a pill, steroids, adrenaline, uh, uh, Adderall. I, I, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I don't know what types of substances you take for that. But I'm sure there's something they're giving him because this is it's a, it's a stark difference. Well, we saw the same, uh, the same thing when he was on the campaign trail back in 2020. If you think about it, you know, he'd disappear into the basement. I mean, that's where he spent most of his time anyway, but I'm very serious. They would hide him away before he had any kind of, uh, you know, debates or anything with Donald Trump. And he was not the same person outside the ice cream store as he was when he was on the debate stage with Donald Trump. And it's the same thing happening here. If you look at the schedule too, it's, I mean, it's always light, but the days leading up to this, very, very light. And guess what now? It took so much out of him that where is he Where is he off to now? I think he might be off to Delaware again, but nonetheless, he's on vacation this weekend. He's not going to be doing anything. That's not normal. Yeah, Kimberly, uh, I don't, again, don't know what medications might be involved here, uh, but Drew's absolutely right. There's like this sequester period before any major event, whether it's a press conference or during the campaign, the debates where he disappears for a couple days. Uh, you know, part of that is probably to get as much sleep as possible. Obviously, part of it is for prepping, as a significant amount of prepping. And then at some point, I mean, I'd like to see his arms and see what kind of injection sites he's got on his on his arms. I'd really like to see that. You know what? We've been saying this for a long time. He they they pump him up with some kind of drugs before he comes out and speak. Notice how he doesn't do it that often. So they're doing it, whatever it is. It makes it so he has the ability to speak somewhat coherently for a short period of time, and then during that speech, and you've called this out before, JV, he starts to get decline. If it goes on, I mean, I'm sure his handlers. 
in the background when he said, how long do you want me to talk? And he kept going. And then he was taking random questions. They were probably losing their minds and, you know, behind the scenes because that wasn't supposed to happen. He was supposed to just give the press conference, answer the prescriptive questions that he had all notes for, and then get off stage. But he sort of, I give him credit. He kept going. Well, and he, you could tell towards the end that. Yeah, he was fading toward the end, but you could also see, Trish, he was he he was clearly trying to prove something. He kept, you know, saying, well, I'll go, how long do you want to go? I'll go all night, looking at his watch, tapping his watch. Oh, let me do some push-ups. I can do some push-ups. I've been standing for two hours. You know, he was, he was out to prove something. And you kind of, I mean... You kind of feel badly for him because not only do people, I mean, well, I mean, just think of yourself as an aging human. I mean, it sucks to get old, you know, and he's, oh, yes, and he's really old. And, uh, his, you know, one of the questions from a reporter from Jim, uh, Jim Rosen, I think, uh, was, you know, 49% of the people don't think you're mentally competent to lead the nation. What do you think of that? I mean, just to hear hear that, that's gotta it's gotta affect him. Even though he said, uh, you know, I, I don't know, I don't care or whatever he said. Yeah, but I, I still don't feel sorry for someone who has said he would take somebody out behind the gym and beat the snot out of him. That he's, you know, called <laughs> yeah. called out people, just regular citizens who are asking him questions, called them fat, called them, you know, said to their face, "I don't work for you." Like, I'm sorry, no, I don't feel sorry for him. I don't. Uh, by the way, uh, no, chat, chat, chat reminded me that we also lost comedian Louis Anderson uh, today. Uh, I didn't really know much. I mean, I, I know I could recognize Louis Anderson, but I didn't know much of his work. So that didn't come to mind when I mentioned the meatloaf thing. But thank you for reminding me. And by the way, thank you to, to everyone who's joining us tonight on this Friday night. By the way, before the show, I showed Trish the temperature it is outside my house. It is 6.6 .6 degrees, and she rubbed it in my face that she's in 73-degree weather in the uh, sunshine state of Florida. So just so everybody knows how what a cruel person she is. Um, oh, wait, it's 74 now. It's, <laughs> now 74. it's 74. Oh, man. Hey, Drew, I want to change the subject just a little bit here because uh, I caught a little bit of Tucker Carlson before the show tonight, and uh, he frequently has uh, Tulsi Gabbard on the program. I like Tulsi Gabbard. A lot of people really like Tulsi Gabbard. I'm not in the really like camp. I mean, I do like her, and I think she'd probably be a Republican if she wasn't in Hawaii. However, I don't ever feel like she says much of anything of any real deep substance when she addresses an issue. What are your thoughts on Tulsi Gabbard? Well, I, I would just say, what has she done for me? What has she done for America? I mean, she's out there. It's great. She, she kind of reminds me of Christy Nome. Uh, Christy Nome's okay. Uh, she makes a lot of decisions that are obviously insane from a conservative perspective, but she's right sometimes as well. So I like that. She's no Joe Biden. She's no radical leftist like you have uh, with, uh, was it Maisie? What's her name out there as well? Hono or um, Ono or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Rono, Rono or whatever yeah. her name is. Yeah, but you know, but you know, the, the only thing that came to mind now, you know, I was thinking about Tulsi Gabbard recently because I was I was going down memory lane thinking about all these allegations, of course, the left is pushing. They forget 2016 when they, you know, said the results of that election were illegitimate and so on and so forth. But Hillary Clinton, I think it was, she actually called um Tulsi Gabbard a Russian asset. Yeah, it, it, people forget this stuff. People forget how uh, all of the things that the Democrats are accusing Republicans of doing, whether it's on voting for particular legislation, whether it's using the filibuster, whatever it is, they're guilty of themselves and probably even more 
guilty of of these things. Uh, Kimberly, what are your thoughts on Tulsi Gabbard? Is she is she going to a be a political player in the future or just a occasional commentator on uh, c- cable channels? Oh, she's just going to be an occasional com- an occasional commentator. I can't even say it. Um, I like Tulsi. Uh, there was a lot of libertarianish type people who liked her in New Hampshire. I mean, she's one of the few Democrat candidates I actually saw big signs for um, driving around the state uh, because she, you know, she was against the warmongering, which I agree with her on, you know, all those certain things. But if you look at her voting record and look at how she was on other things, she's still a leftist. She's just not as bad of a leftist as the other ones. So, yeah, no, she's just going to be a commentator and that's fine. I think she's good in that role because she is still a Democrat and she can speak for a different um, type of Democrat that isn't part of the establishment hacks or part of the extreme left. Uh, Trish, Tulsi uh, kind of flows against the grain of the Democrat party. They they seem to have, uh, I don't know, maybe outcast her a little bit. She's probably less liked than Joe Manchin, but uh, not much less. Uh, however, if I remember correctly, and, and I might be wrong, I might be wrong, but didn't she do better in the primaries than Kamala Harris did? Oh, she did. And she made Kamala look like an idiot. Do you remember that debate where she just wiped the floor with Kamala Harris? That, that I think, was probably my favorite debate moment, that right there. She, she, took, her outside, she took her out behind the woodshed and gave her a whooping, and it was beautiful. Just like Joe Biden wanted to with Trump. Take him out behind the gym. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, changing the topic here. This just broke. Uh, this is breaking news just before we went on the on uh, the program tonight. Uh, two New York cops, or actually the reports are, are uncertain. It, it seems like the first report was they were killed, then they weren't killed. Now it's one, one has died and one is in critical condition, so it's a little uncertain. It's so new. But anyway, these two cops in New York City were either killed or, or in critical condition um, after a shooting in a Harlem apartment. And Drew, I'm going to tell you that this was a response, as you can see downstairs, uh, down at the bottom of this picture, responding to a domestic disturbance. This is the thing that Democrats want social workers to respond to. Yeah, I mean, of, of course, this is just points out. This is more evidence that all their policies, everything they're trying to do and push. I mean, we have evidence in front of us every day that it's insane. Um, this is the kind of kind of thing that police are responding to, especially in big cities on a regular basis, domestic disturbances, which suddenly turn into shootouts with cops. Uh, and what they're going to send somebody. Yeah. From the social services in there with, with not even a taser, uh, you know, to sit there and try and resolve this. I, I, I mean, it's absolutely insane. And, and, and I, I don't know. I mean, our, of course there are no, no questions about this during the, you know, Joe Biden's second press conference. Uh, of his presidency about the violence in our cities across America, uh, increases in crime, all these sorts of activities. And, and you know, these these police officers are demonized uh, repeatedly, and here they are doing their job, and, and they end up dead. I mean, they're risking their lives in events like this. And I, I don't know, I, you know, I'm sitting here looking at those NYPD officers, and, I, and I'm interested in waiting to find out the details of what exactly happened, if it was a setup, if it actually was a domestic disturbance. We don't know the details yet. But on the other hand, you know, it's a tough situation now for the NYPD because other officers are being utilized to, for example, arrest nine-year-old girls who don't have their vaccination papers in a museum. And so this is really, really a strange situation now in America because 
you know, this, look, obviously my heart goes out to these police officers who are doing their job. I'm not talking about them, but I'm saying, you know, you want to pour out support like we always have for all of the NYPD officers, every officer, you know, we, we, we put them on a pedestal on the right as conservatives. But then you have the, the, the New York City using other police officers who were going and, and making arrests of little girls who don't have vaccine papers. I mean, in, in, one, in that instance, they're like the Gestapo. Yeah. Uh, Tra- uh, Kimberly, the uh, squad has been really, really quiet recently. Actually, disturbingly quiet. I mean, I love it when they're quiet, don't get me wrong, but it makes me think that something else is going on here. The defund the police crowd has quieted down a little bit. They haven't changed their opinions on this topic. They've just quieted down. That makes me um, think that the Democrats have decided that that you know that the squad squabbling and talking is a bit of a liability heading into the midterms and they're not trying to oust them they're not trying to primary them they're not trying to change their minds they're just saying hey you guys need to be uh, in the back of this conversation for a while till we can get through this midterm thing again very disingenuous at best and yet we have as drew pointed out crime rampant in american cities and not a single question to joe biden about it during the press conference on wednesday night well and that's one of the things i mean people you know these elites in dc and that includes the press, they might hear about crime, but until it affects them personally, they don't give a crap. You know, it's regular people, like when that idiot who I thought was gonna be much better than the last one, uh, the new mayor of New York said, it's the subway is dangerous, that's a perception. I know someone a few years ago, not even just recently, before, long before COVID, she was in the, in the subway and some scumbag for no reason whatsoever, pushed her down the subway stairs. And she had serious injuries from it. Now, I'm sure you've been in New York subways and you know how the stairs are in most of them. They're pretty steep. And that that's so, the crime has been going on for years. The subways have been not safe for years, at least since under de Blasio. But they're, I think the Democrats are having a heart to heart with themselves and realizing that crime is this huge, serious issue, and they've contributed to the increase in crime with the defund the police stuff, and and the the AGs they have and the DAs they have all over the country that are part of their party. I don't remember specifically, other than Gavin Newsom today came out and gave uh, a few comments about. Uh, needing to crack down on crime. He actually w- had a garbage bag, was walking around the train tracks, picking up some of the debris left by the the uh, train robbers, uh, kind of what they're referring to. Two other prominent Democrats also spoke against crime today. Trish, it's almost as though a memo went out. Listen, you better start talking about crime because it's a problem now all of a sudden. And we, had, <laughs> we got a bunch of polls and the, and the voters are upset about this. So our voter base is now suddenly upset about crime. So we better get on it right now. Yeah, exactly. Does it change the dynamics for them, do you think? No. Because because they all we all know it's disingenuous. Are they going to actually do anything about crime? No. They're going to continue to push defunding police departments. They're going to continue to push to waste our resources that we already have are very thin amongst law enforcement. And they're going to push them to do stupid things like arrest nine-year-old girls who don't have their vaccine papers, to, you know, go harass business owners to make sure that they are, you know, do 
checking everybody's papers when they come in to order a coffee. You know, it's it's just it's absolutely ridiculous. And I think even though even the even the Democrats are starting to say, like, okay, this is just stupid now. Can we just move on? Uh, Ray Epps appeared in front of the January 6th panel today and the transcript of that discussion will be released at some point, according to the panel. What do you think about Ray Epps, Drew? We've talked about it on the program uh, recently, the last couple shows. You haven't been here, so we haven't gotten your opinion on uh, this character whose name is Ray Epps. Well, let's just look at the facts. Uh, he is the number, well, he was number 16 technically on their, their you know, most wanted list from January 6th at one point, of course, but he should have been number one because he's the only person on video multiple times who was actually trying to incite an insurrection of the Capitol. And he mysteriously disappeared from their list, you know, between the hours of like 3 a.m. and, you know, I don't know, 7 a.m. one day. Uh, they had number 15 there, number 17 there, and uh, uh, 16 was mysteriously gone, erased in the middle of the night, and that was Ray Epps. And, of course, he was never arrested, which is shocking because the grandma who happened to be walking around, not even inside the building, just there during that event, you know, they tracked her down, uh, and, and she was a, you know, these people were persons of interest, and Ray Epps, nothing ever happened, and they can't explain it because, no doubt. I mean, it looks, every evidence indicates that he was a Fed. And this goes back to the reason that they didn't want any um, voices of dissent on this January 6th committee, because they wanted to conduct this uh, hoax, this witch hunt under cover of darkness. And so they can get away with things like this and hide this away because they don't have any conservatives or frankly, anyone who just actually would ask questions or who would be interested in getting to the real bottom of what happened on January 6th, which of course has nothing to do with Donald Trump's involvement. His involvement was nil. That was a made up hoax from the beginning. The real questions are, why did they refuse the National Guard? Why was the police presence so small? Uh, why did the police seem, you know, with this latest video came out today, of um, the young woman who was shot and killed, Ashley, Ashley Babbitt. Babbitt yeah. There's evidence that indicates that she was not interested at all in, in any kind of violent activity because she was actually on camera screaming for these protesters to calm down and stop. She was pleading with police officers to do something, and the police officers there just stood there and sat on their hands and did nothing, took no action whatsoever, almost as if they had no problem with this. They didn't want to squash this. And so those are the questions we need to ask, but those aren't going to be answered. That's not the point of the January 6th committee. And Ray Epps, who knows when we'll get the testimony, whenever they feel like it. Yeah, Ashley Babbitt was killed by a reckless police officer who indiscriminately fired at a crowd. He panicked and fired at a crowd, an unarmed crowd, and she was hit and she was killed. Uh, I'm going to read the comment from the chairman of the J6 committee. His name is Benny Thompson. He says, we will release the transcript. Uh, but, you know, there's a review process that goes with every deposition. Is that a, uh, a shot across the bow saying what you're going to get is going to be highly redacted? Kimberly, what do you think? Uh, yeah, it's going to be absolute bullshit. They're just playing the game now. I mean, again, like like Drew said, like we all believe they were the people were calling him out for being a Fed when he was trying to incite everybody to go into the Capitol. And then he suddenly disappears from everything. They're calling him into being a witness, but he was actually inciting a riot, actually inciting an insurrection, but yet he wasn't arrested. It's all BS, and we're never going to get the truth because Democrats are running everything. Maybe if Republicans take over in 2022, maybe 
we'll actually get some truth about this, but we're not going into until then. And they're going to keep using this. This is one of the few things they're going to try to use against Republicans when it comes to the midterms. We're never going to get the truth. And you know what? That cop not only shot into a crowd of people, there were cops in that crowd. There were Capitol Police officers, two of them, behind where Ashley Babbitt was. I watched the goddamn video. That guy should have been at least fired, if if not further. But that was absolutely ridiculous. If anyone else had done that, or if Ashley Babbitt had been an unarmed black woman and he was a white cop, totally different ballgame. Completely different. Um, Ray Epps, Trish, is on all the uh, many videos inciting people saying you got to go in make sure you go into the capital tomorrow we're going to go into the capital but from what i understand and and i don't know that anybody's demonstrated otherwise he doesn't go in so you can kind of see the orders from the government yeah get people riled up get them to go in but don't you go in because you go in then you're culpable right i mean you, you can kind of see the narrative here yeah no it's that's exactly what happened he i, I mean <sighs> It's so frustrating when people are like, oh, there's no proof. I'm like, well, there's no proof that he isn't either. So, you know, his actions speak much louder than anything you're telling me. And his actions tell me that he was inciting people the night before. He was inciting people the day of. He pushed everybody there and then conveniently exited stage left once the shit went down. So we all know what that we all know what that is that's a setup we all know it we all know the fbi had people planted that day the fact that they won't even talk like i cannot answer that question i cannot speak about that we all know what that means that means yes we did and we can't say anything because otherwise we're gonna look bad yeah and, and if, i want to also say i also want to just bring up that that capitol police officer um he officer bird he's also the same capitol police officer who left his service weapon in a bathroom at the capitol building that was found by a child loaded it was loaded and it was left in the bathroom and a, i think the kid was 10 years old found it in the bathroom and turned it in gave it to his mom and his he and his mom turned it in. so that man should have been fired ages ago there is zero excuse for that kind of negligence. So the fact that he was still an active duty Capitol Police officer is bullshit right there. Yeah. And from what I understand, he's actually been promoted. Is that, is ever, yes. have others heard mm -hmm. that? Yeah, I have too. Mm -hmm. All right. Changing the topic, Drew, the IRS has announced they are now going to require taxpayers to submit selfies to access their new website. This is a new requirement. It'll uh, take effect, I think, in the summer. They haven't said what month, but the summer of 22, uh, 2022. And they say that in order to log into the IRS website and access things like the Child Tax Credit Update Portal, to check online accounts, to get tax transcripts, or to view online payment agreements, you will need to submit uh, a selfie photo and a photo of a government-issued ID and a short video of your face. To a company called ID.me, which will administer this for the IRS. Some people are saying, uh, because social media has been called out for doing this, and Facebook is supposedly deleting their database of this type of information, that someone else now has to step in for the government to collect it. What are your thoughts on this? Well, obviously, uh, at a bare minimum, of course, it's absolutely invasive and intrusive. They have no right to be doing this. Uh, and of course, they're sinister in terms of their actual reasons behind doing this to begin with. But the government has far been overreaching and stomping on our rights. As I look at Trisha's beautiful flag, don't tread on me, 
Uh, this is treading all over us. You know, this is about monitoring our behavior, monitoring, having access to our images, our videos, everything. And assembling, I mean, we know they have profiles assembled of American citizens across this country with sharing data and everything else. They know all kinds of things about all of us. Uh, this was never the intention, of course, of the founding fathers. Um, this is an absolute violation of our rights, our, our, our very dignity, to be honest. And it speaks volumes to what's wrong in America. Uh, the role of our government to be so present in all aspects of our life. And this has been going on, of course, for decades. And it's part of the problem, you know. We don't have a limited government, a small government. You know, and that's, that gets me into these things, too, with all the press conferences and everything else. We shouldn't be, we shouldn't even want to see all these press conferences from a president of the United States or anything else. Their decisions, what they're doing, should not even have these types of an impact on our lives. They should just be doing their constitutional role as defined in our founding documents, and we shouldn't have to be worrying about this stuff all day, every day. It's insane, but of course, you've got a lot of Americans who have lost their minds, broken brains, indoctrinated amongst the stupidest people in civilization's history, how far we've come. Uh, and and that, that's, I guess I'll pass the torch. Well, you're absolutely right. And again, I point to the public education system as having a hand in this. They haven't taught our founding documents. They don't teach what it means to be an American, what American freedoms represent and where they come from they just they've just abandoned it altogether in 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 favor of things like critical race theory to be honest uh this this is this is just unbelievable uh kimberly this article says alongside the photo id and video selfie taxpayers will also have to provide id.me with an email address and a social security number to be fully verified however the irs wants you to know that you won't need that to, to be able to file your tax returns so they'll still take your money you know, without having to do all that. But any, but you want to, if you want to get information about, you know, maybe some, your, your tax history, whatever it happens to be, you're going to need to go through this process. It looked like it was for the, um, it said the child tax credit as well. And there's a ton of people who probably got that or had to, um, log in to tell the government they didn't want it. Right. Um, because you had to tell them if you didn't want to get that. Uh, I, it's disturbing that they're just blatantly coming out and saying, we want your photo. When have they ever done that? I don't recall. I've dealt with the IRS for years. They never asked for a photo or a photo ID. Of course, I usually have to pay them. But even when I didn't have to pay them, I never had to provide that. Your social security number was enough ID. Um, it's not like they're trying to stop fraud because Lord knows they don't really do that unless it's uh, a political enemy. But I, I, this is really disturbing to me that they wanna have video and photographs of actual people to do any kind of, to do certain kinds of business with the IRS. That, that's, that's crossing a huge line. Where's the ACLU on that one? Right, well, in addition to that, and Chad has pointed it out because it's the obvious question, you know, these are the same people who are saying it's racist to ask for an, an ID to vote, yet they're gonna make you have your, your, not just a photo, but a video of yourself in a company called ID.me that will act as a portal for the IRS. All the Trish, there's, there's nothing to see here. Keep moving. Well, at, wait, let's talk about their founder and CEO just for a minute, because I think this is important. Blake Hall, um, he's written for the Washington Post and the Huffington Post. And he's done spots on NPR and for the BBC. So excuse me for a moment while I go, uh, what? 
So we are going to have someone who is contributing to the leftist media crap is now going to be in charge, is going to have access to my face and my, uh uh-uh, uh, uh, big, big fat no. I will continue to let my accountant do all the work for me and my accountant can sign in and my accountant can do everything because they're not getting my face in my video. Sorry. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I've ever actually had to sign in to the IRS website for anything. I don't think I have. I mean, you probably will have to do that more often in the future. But right now, I don't think I have. So hopefully that doesn't become an issue. Uh, Drew, we all know Joe Biden had a major, major gaffe during the press conference Wednesday night when he was asked about Russia and Ukraine. And he uttered the phrase minor incursion, uh, almost greenlighting Putin to take a small military offensive and a small chunk of Ukraine, which is what he did during the uh, Obama administration when he took Crimea. Um, But now a, a... congressman a gop congressman that is on uh the um one of the important committees overseeing national security is saying that he expects that china will invade taiwan and russia will invade the ukraine in a matter of weeks um the drumbeat of war is starting to sound louder drew yeah, it is. And of course, um, Americans uh, behind the scenes in Washington, D.C. love war. Um, Barack Obama loved war when he came into office. You know, it's mixed, it's a big moneymaker for our politicians behind the scenes in Washington, D.C. It's also a welcome distraction for the uh, Biden administration right now. And yeah, he did. I mean, he, he did give the green light to uh, to Putin to invade, a minor incursion, which is so outrageous. But my concern about this all along has been, look, yeah, I don't think we need to get involved in a war, but we don't have to anyway. We're the United States of America. Uh, Those 100,000 troops should never have been amassed at the border of Ukraine to begin with if we had a president uh, that had a Reagan strategy, peace through strength. I mean, Russia is a very, very weak country. I mean, they have a decent military, but they're not rich. They don't have the resources that we do. Uh, uh, And so this could have been been um, prevented to begin with. And furthermore, my issue all along was China's watching this take place. And my, my fear was never really what would happen in Ukraine. It's that once the minor incursion happens, China feels free and has their own green light to see how this plays out. And then they can have their own minor incursion into Taiwan. And that's what they've been doing, military drills. That's what they've been their ambition for a very long time. And now they have a weak, sycophantic president who's in their pocket uh, to allow that to take place. But you know, remember too in the speech, Joe Biden, who's a moron and uh, brain dead, he of course said, even on all his, his, his meds and uh, cocaine or whatever they gave him, Adderall, uh, he made the claim that you know, Putin taking this action, well, this type of thing hasn't happened since, uh, since you know, World War II, except in 2014, they inv- Putin invaded Crimea, which was part of Ukraine, seized it, and he was the vice president of the United States. And I loved watching the propagandists at MSNBC. That was beautiful because they made the claim that this was the perfect press conference, that he proved us all wrong by standing for, for an hour and 45 minutes on his feet, that he was totally sane and it couldn't have gone better. And that's what I would say about the press conference too. You know what, the new bar for the Democratic Party, you know, you know what it is, what the, the singular qualification for being a presidential candidate or a president on the Democrat side is? It is, um, well, having a beating heart. That's it. Yeah. That's how low the bar is. Yeah. And, and be able, being able to stand for more than an hour, apparently, too. Um, 
This is getting to be very, very serious, Kimberly. Uh, the congressman that is we're quoting here, his name is Michael McCall, and he's a member of the House Foreign Affairs Committee. And he says the information that that committee is receiving is indicating that this will most likely happen in tandem. China and Russia will move together, and it'll happen right after the Olympics. They're doing it because we have a weak-ass president. I mean, he is a piece of shit who approved the pipeline for Russia, so that gives them money, right? Money coming in. Uh, it, this is scary. I mean, I I, I feel really bad for uh, Ty the Taiwanese and Ukrainians because this is what was going to happen with Biden being president because he's horrifying and he's weak. The administration is weak. Blinken is a useless piece of shit. There's there's no one's going to help them. And I think Drew made a good point about it being a distraction as well, because everything domestically is horrifying. And if we get into a war, that'll be a distraction. Plus the warmongers military industrial complex, which I didn't believe a few years ago, fully believe now will keep this going. Cause you know, it's all about money and power. Um, I, I really, I have friends who left Ukraine years ago um, who were small when Lenin was, you know, or Stalin, whatever, what were in there. And they know the stories of how it was when people got taken over. So it's, I just feel bad. And Biden is absolutely useless and they will intentionally allow this to happen. Everything's intentional with them. Make no mistake. It's not because they're idiots. It's all intentional. Trish, Tucker Carlson, who I greatly admire, I watch his show every night and I think it should be required viewing for uh, school students um, around the nation, uh, has talked about Ukraine a lot. And he is basically saying, you know, why do we care? This is not in the strategic interest of the United States. This is not a place that we should be, uh, you know, thumping our chest. There's no reason. He said, imagine, he said, understand Putin's position here. Just imagine if Russia was coming over and putting missiles and troops in Mexico. Would we allow that? Of course not. And this is Russia's version of that. I have a little bit of a disagreement with Tucker on that particular issue. One of the things that I think is important, and tell me if you agree, is that there are emerging democracies around the world. They come and go. But if one shows up somewhere and they don't feel like they can look to the United States for support and, and maybe some defense help uh, from outside pressures, whether they're military or economic or otherwise, then they're much less likely to choose freedom and democracy as the path. Uh, so what about that in this whole discussion? No, I, I agree with you. I think Tucker's a little off on this. Um, America is the bastion of freedom. We we have been and should continue to be big brother who is always watching. We are we are going to speak softly and carry a big stick. That has been pretty much America since the get-go. And if countries that are trying to emulate our freedom and our way of life, if we can't support them both economically or militarily or whatever the case may be, then why are we here? Do we really believe in freedom and liberty if we're not willing to support other people who are trying to fight for freedom and liberty? Like, that's just the basic question. If we're not, then we really don't believe in freedom and liberty. We believe in freedom and liberty for us, but not for you. So we have to decide as a country. And I agree with everything that Drew and Kimberly said, too. Biden is weak, and they all know it. And that's why I, so I love all these, all these leftists who are like, oh, well, you know, Trump is the reason that this is happening. No, it's not. If it was, then it would have happened under Trump. It didn't happen under Trump because 
Trump spoke softly, well, not quite so softly, and he carried a big stick and he wasn't afraid to use it. So they didn't do anything. They didn't show aggression. They backed off because they knew Trump wasn't kidding when he said, go ahead, try and cross that line and see what happens. We will, we will nuke you from here to Hong Kong. It doesn't matter. So they now know that's not there anymore. Big Brother isn't watching. Big Brother doesn't care because as long as Big Brother gets his 10%, it's all good. Drew, interesting contrast there with Donald Trump because Donald Trump did, I don't know about walking softly, but he did carry a big stick. Uh, but at the same time, he seemed to be the least interested president in military action than any of the last half dozen, I'd say. Um, he clearly wanted to avoid any type of new wars, new engagements. Uh, and he was, and despite what Biden will say, he was instrumental in the withdrawal from Afghanistan, although he would have done it in a much more responsible way. He wanted us out of Syria. He was lied to about that whole operation. Uh, but Donald Trump really was kind of a, a peace hawk, a peace, what would you call him? Not a peace, a dove. He was a dove. Yeah, I mean, you know, to, to start on the point of Afghanistan, it was Donald Trump who reduced the troops down to 2,000. And of course, he, had a, he would have obviously exited in a way that did not result in, you know, billions of arms and American hostages left behind and dead American soldiers and, and, and as, as reprehensible as that was. Uh, but I think that he understood people did fear him and he was building up America's military might. He was rebuilding the military after it was hollowed out under Barack Obama. So, you know, he didn't have to come out and say anything. It went without saying, and it happened behind scenes in diplomatic channels as well. And I mean, what's happening now under, under, uh, under Biden, of course, is a very dangerous situation. And I do want to comment on what Tucker Carlson said. You know, I'm not here to attack our own, but this has become a popular position for many people on the right now. And it, it's, it's the wrong position, I have to say. There's, there's a movement to go back into isolationist mode. And that sounds great, just like it did during World War II. You know, isolationists, this will never come to our shores. And of course, Pearl Harbor happened. The situation today is more dangerous in the world than it's ever been before with the, uh, the new technology that's available, the, the rush to develop these hypersonic missiles that can go across the ocean and hit us home. So it's more important than ever before to adopt the Reagan strategy of peace through strength. We must be strong right now. And it is to our, look, uh, yeah, America first, make America great again. That doesn't mean you go and start wars, but it does mean that you protect your interests because if Ukraine goes, if Taiwan goes, what does that look like for the rest of the world and how does that affect us? And so it's not the same thing. And you know what? Ukraine has been a, a very strong ally of, of ours for a very long time. And, you know, they are being treated by Russia and viewed by Russia and Putin the same way the Nazis, you know, in the, you know, the Third Reich look at, looked at Austria, uh, looked at a lot of these other places. They believe that that belonged to Germany. And that's exactly the sentiment behind Russia's view of the Ukraine. They believe that because they speak the common, common tongue, uh, and, and they believe still that Ukraine belongs to them. And that's part of their, their desire to, to conquer them and take them back. It's very akin to the way, at least, Hitler viewed his conquering of Austria and some of those other countries early on in the campaign. But of course, the strategy back then was what? Okay, just let him go over and have a minor incursion. You know, and Austria basically laid down and, and, and just said, okay, we'll become part of it. But it doesn't stop there. And in the absence of America... 
it's it's frightful to think what the world would look like if China replaces us, if Russia were to replace us. You know, it isn't emphasized enough these days. People talk about the mistakes we've made. Yeah, some have been made. Yeah, we've gotten involved in some ventures we haven't. Yes, there's a military industrial complex, but would any other of inter, any other nation in the world have exercised the restraint that America did when we were the only ones in the world with an atomic bomb. We could have conquered the entire world had we wanted to. We could have taken everything and, and, and claimed it as our own. We did not. You know, for most of our history, this nation has been run at the end of the day by very moral, principled individuals. And what's frightening now is for the first time that I can think of looking back at history, the predominant people in positions of power are not principled. They don't have virtue. And that's what's scary. And that's what's so important about 2022 and going forward is we have to put Americans back in power who actually understand the Constitution, understand our role, and, and, and believe in those principles that not only make us great, but th that benefit the rest of the world. We're not leading right now. If you take a look at the press yesterday, you would see a flurry of administration surrogates uh, including Vice President Harris out trying to clean up the mess that Joe Biden made by using the minor incursion statement. Uh, and they claim that he never really, that's not what, you know, he, he was very clear. They're, they all say he was very clear. Well, he wasn't very clear. And then today he was asked about this whole situation again. And do you think Joe Biden would take it seriously at this point? No, he couldn't. In fact, it was a Fox News reporter that asked him the, the question. And uh, he said, uh, the, the reporter who was Jackie Heinrich said, uh, why are you waiting on Putin to make the first move, sir? And he didn't answer the question, but he turned aside and was still caught on the mic. And he said, what a stupid question. Um, she was asking, why are we being reactive to this? Because he, he and other administration officials, Kimberly, have been saying, well, it's up to Putin. He's going to decide depending on what side of the bed he gets up on, you know, all, you know, all these things that they've been saying. And the idea here is, well, why aren't we being more proactive, not reactive to this situation? As Drew has pointed out, as Trish has pointed out, we could have been stronger up front, just like we could have had 10,000 uh, 10, National Guard troops at the Capitol that would have prevented a problem. We could have been stronger in the beginning of this to prevent us arriving to this point uh, where we are now, Kimberly. Like I said before, Biden gave him the go ahead and the green light when he approved that pipeline. That was the first thing. Remember, Trump was holding it over their heads and wasn't going to approve it. Biden approved that for them. And remember when when Obama talked about, I'm going to draw a line in the sand when it came with Crimea, he did nothing. That's exactly what Biden is doing. There's going to be some heavy-duty sanctions if they do anything. Dude, they're at the border. There's 100,000 Russian troops at the border on, uh, of Ukraine. What do you think they're there for? A friggin' picnic? No. That, is cro that, to me, is already crossing the line. You're threatening those people. You're on the border. You have troops on the border, equipment on the border. That is a threat. They already made the move as far as I'm concerned. And we are sitting back acting like little pussies because we have an old demented Muppet in office who is being run by extreme left-wingers who hate America and would love for Russia and China to take over. That is an insult to Muppets, damn it. <laughs> I, have to, I have to time out right there. That is an insult to Muppets and I am offended, Kimberly. 
but he does look a hell of a lot like Walter. Uh, and you know, yeah. he's got someone's hand up his ass telling him everything to say and do. So, yeah. Yeah. But it's if it true. were Jeff Dunham, he'd be a lot funnier. Yeah, it'll be a hell of a lot funnier. Yeah. Although this is comical for the wrong reasons. Uh, I'm going to change subjects now. Uh, Secretary uh, Mayorkas uh, gave a speech to this conference of mayors in which he said justice and equity for illegal aliens is Joe Biden's agenda. Trish. Uh, DHS Secretary Mayorkas says President Joe Biden's national immigration agenda centers around justice and equity for illegal aliens living in the United States. I don't ever hear them talking about justice and equity for all Americans, though. I don't hear that line much. Well, no, because they don't vote Democrats. So we got to We got to only let the people in who we know are going to vote for us. So and that's what this is about. This is about rebuilding their base. I mean, let's be honest. This is this is all about the Democrats rebuilding their base. And they know they can't do it in the U.S. They know they're losing huge numbers of Hispanic Americans. Um, they know that they are starting to lose Black Americans as well. Um, so they got to get them from somewhere. So let those illegals in because they know that they'll they'll vote for the hand that feeds them. Mayorkas said, uh, actually bragged, Drew, about imposing a so-called sanctuary country order that prevents the uh, Immigration and Customs Enforcement, which we know as ICE, from arresting and deporting most of the nation's 11 to 22 million illegal aliens. Mayorkas told the mayors uh, that their sanctuary city policies were no longer necessary because ICE agents are barred from indiscriminate enforcement of federal immigration law. He's made the country a sanctuary country. Yeah, it's really indicative of the danger we're in as a nation right now that this individual uh, working for us in the government who is supposed to be upholding the Constitution and defending our borders feels comfortable coming out and making such an announcement and claim. It's fundamentally... Uh, indisputably unconstitutional. It's a violation of the oath of office that these individuals take. Uh, Joe Biden's been doing it. Barack Obama was doing it before, flying these Im illegal immigrants into the interior of our country, uh, into different states, and so on and so forth. But but it's absolutely appalling. And, and the fact that the Democrats and their base feel comfortable with this, that they want this. I mean, this is why I say, look, we are living, we are, I'm not the first to say this, but we're, we're living in a post-constitutional republic. We've been, we've been there on the border for a very, very long time. But under this administration, we have really moved past the Constitution. That piece of paper is not really holding up right now. And the problem is, who is going to enforce? Who's the enforcement mechanism in this country against an unconstitutional, despotic government? Well, we the people are, of course. You know, uh, but there's no one holding them accountable. There's no one holding them in check. Uh, they can pretty much get away with doing whatever they want. And the problem is right now, our only the way we look at things, the only peaceful recourse we have is, okay, wait till 2022 midterms, or let's just let them get away with it until hopefully it goes to the Supreme Court. And maybe some of these guys, Kavanaugh's having a good day. Maybe he's feeling okay. Uh, maybe he's remembering what the Democrats did to him during his pro the process of his his nomination. Uh, but that's where we are. I mean, we're sitting here. I mean, we're literally our republic ha is hanging by a thread. We see it everywhere we go. I mean, in the Democrat Party, I mean, how close are we to them passing their radical leftist agenda without any opposition? Well, Kirsten Sinema and Joe Manchin, two people 
Give me a break. Two people stand in the way of them and totalitarianism, them and getting rid of free and fair elections. And you have Mayorkas here announcing. I mean, I mean, not to change the subject, but, you know, it's important, I think, on this subject line to mention, too, how illegal aliens can get on planes now with their arrest warrant. Yeah, that's right. As a form of ID. Unbelievable. I, I mean, you know, we keep hearing this phrase, we're living in a clown world. We really, really are. And it's getting clownier by the day. Uh, Kimberly, DHS is also, on top of all of this, DHS has also failed to make public their annual report that details the number of illegal aliens arrested and deported by ICE uh, throughout the prior 12 months. It's supposed to be available. It's not available. And uh, DHS is not telling us when it might be available. I'm pretty sure it won't be available until after the 2022 midterms. That's going to be my guess. And I just want to make a comment. We've been saying 10 to 20 million illegal aliens are in this country for 10 to 15 years. So the numbers probably really, really 30 to 40 million. Well, 2 million Lord this knows. year, 2 million last year alone. That we know of, that we know of. Um, Drew, I was thinking to bring it, gonna bring up the same thing. None of us here on this call or in any of the chat rooms would be able to get on a plane with an arrest warrant. Not any single one of us. The TSA would laugh at us and throw us out. But you have illegal aliens that can do that. This whole thing is insane. And by the way, the Supreme Court has put stop, tried to stop them in their tracks and has said, no, you need to keep Trump's, uh, keeping them in Mexico. Remember to, to have them stay in Mexico? They, the Supreme yeah. Court upheld that. They're not following it. They're not doing what the, the Supreme Court is telling them. That's our final stand, right? Like you just said, that's our recourse right there. They're not following it. People are just invading the border. It's literally an invasion and leftists don't even know about it because PMSNBC and Commie News Network aren't reporting on it. When I was to brought this up to a leftist, they're like, what are you talking about? There's no invasion at the border. What? That we don't have those numbers to show and they're not going to release them until after the midterms. Uh, Kimberly, uh, Trish, changing the topic here because we're getting close to the end of the program, and I just want to touch on a couple of quick ones here. Uh, farms are failing because fertilizer prices are dry, are headed much higher. In fact, over double, and it's driving up the cost of food as well. They are talking about because of the cost of fertilizer, particularly in third world nations, they are talking about global famine on a level that we have never seen. In addition to that, and this might hit home, and I don't want to make it sound like that is a trite uh, point, but uh, they're talking about things like coffee beans not being able to develop like they should because of lack of fertilizer in South America and other uh, coffee-producing nations. And I think sometimes these liberals won't understand until they go to Starbucks and they can't get their lattes or whatever the hell they order at Starbucks. This is going to be a, a famine um, unlike anything we've ever seen if people can't get fertilizer to, to grow crops. Yeah, no, but before I comment on that, I just want to also piggyback on Kim, Kimberly's last comment. The president of the United States told people to ignore the SCOTUS rulings. The president. Like, that, if that doesn't tell you how bad a shape we're in right now, then, then nothing else does. But, so back to the farming. Um, farming has been a hot topic conversation for a while. I mean, I remember early on in this show, when you guys first started, we, we had talked about farming issues. Um, people, I just think people, see again, people in cities don't understand where their food comes from. Right. And this is part of the problem. They don't, they just think you go to the store and buy it and it's fine. 
they don't realize what has to happen in order for us to make the food and get the food. They think you just, why kill? You don't have to kill animals. You can just go to the grocery store and buy your meat. It's fine. So that's part of the problem is that, and, and then you compound the fact that farmers took a big hit during COVID because all the restaurants were shut down. So they were plowing under billions of dollars worth of potatoes of, you know, any, you name it, they were plowing it under because they didn't have any buyers because all the restaurants were shut down. So now take that and then add now inflation to the, to the mix. So they took cuts for the last two years. They've been taking big hits. Now all the prices of everything is going up. Fuel, fertilizer, everything. So we are, we're in big trouble. And I think, and again, the people in the cities with their blinders on, you know, and they're, as long as they have their Wi-Fi and their Starbucks, they're fine. And that, that's really what it's going to take. It's going to take the fact that they think shelves are bare now because we're having transportation issues. Oh, just wait, wait until the farmers don't have any food to give us. Then things are really going to get bad. Well, you, you guys sound really upset. I'd recommend you just all have a margarita. That might calm you down. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Thank you, Jen Saki. <laughs> but but uh, wait, I have a really, really, really serious question here. Um, what do you think it would take for Jen Saki for this to hit home for her? Like, do you think that if there was a shortage of orange hair dye, that maybe then she'd be concerned about the the crisis that she's she's defending? Yeah, or if uh, she couldn't use the word convey anymore, because that that would really send her into a tailspin as well. <laughs> she's she's a piece of work, and she's getting nasty. I don't know if you've noticed nastier and nastier. Uh, Drew, the price price increases for fertilizer and the price increases for food and the shortages of fertilizer partly stem, according to this article, from the increase in global energy costs with the average natural gas price in Europe, which has a lot of the fertilized producing companies uh, for the October to December quarter, the fourth quarter of last year is was 10 times higher than the year prior. 10 times more expensive, not a doubling of the price, but a tenfold increase of the price. Well, this is all intentional. All right. We can't say that enough. You know, you can call it the great reset. You know, the left tries to make that some conspiratorial term, just like they made it conspiratorial that, you know, hydroxychloroquine didn't work. And of course it does. Um, but we already have evidence in front of our faces of what the government, what the Democratic Party wants to do with this crisis, right? They are already sending their uh, their acolytes out in the media to start proposing how maybe the government should get involved in controlling the prices of food, controlling the prices of these things that have shot up, right? What 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 better solution than to have the government further involved in all of these different companies controlling everything, our way of life? I mean. This is pure communism, pure communism. So, you know, everyone should never, ever call this Democratic Party socialist again. Get that out of your brains. They are a communist party, a Marxist party, a totalitarian party. It's the writing is on the wall. It's standing out. But, you know, sometimes the best place to hide is right in the open. Right. So that's kind of the strategy now. They're just right in front of us. And people are just naive. They believe, hey, this could never happen in America. Unless you talk to somebody from, I don't know, uh, one of these displaced people from a third world country or dictatorship that is saying, uh, guys, guys, uh, right here, uh, this happened in my country and the exact same thing, the same way, actually. And now I'm here. And it's funny because the exact same thing's happening now and you guys don't seem to care. Yeah. You know, sadly, 
uh, we're starting to lose folks who have a vivid memory of what the Soviet Union was about and what it was like. And we used to see images of the shitty cars that they would drive around that were looked like toys and would break down everywhere. The fact that people would wait in, in lines for hours for a loaf of bread. The fact that they had a, a complete choice of maybe one or two different pairs of shoes and they, they didn't have any other options. They had to buy one of those two pairs of shoes. And here we were in the United States with abundance, choice, uh, reasonably priced goods, quality goods. And that didn't happen because we had a lack of Marxism here. We didn't have that abundance because of a, because we didn't have uh, enough socialism here. You know, we had that because we, because we didn't have that stuff here and they keep trying to impose that. Um, you know, it's just, it's just crazy. Kimberly, I'm going to change the subject just a little bit. Uh, and then you Wait. can talk. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to bring up one other thing sure. that we didn't talk about, that this is going to really screw a lot of people and harm a lot of Americans. Canada won't let truck drivers go in if they're not vaxxed. The U.S. is now saying the same thing. 50 to 60% of truckers are not vaxxed. Do you have any idea how harmful that's going to be to getting supplies, especially food, all across the country? That is going to literally kill people because there's certain places especially the cities where they won't be able to get food they will be literally fighting for food i can get food i can go down the street get meat veggies anything i want because i have all farms around here but that is going to really harm people in between here and canada because they're not letting unvaxxed people go truckers in and that's 50 to 60 percent sorry i just had to bring that up because i saw that today and i was horrified no that's okay and yeah somebody was making the comment that they won't allow truckers to cross into the united states over the border without a vaccine but the migrants are coming across without any uh any hindrance whatsoever i i'm not sure i made my point uh the way I should have, I may have reversed the logic there, but the point is that the abundance we experienced was not due to any kind of socialism or Marxism. It was, it's just the opposite. It was the lack of that socialism and Marxism that gave us the abundance. So why they're trying to impose that, I don't understand. I see that we're past the hour. Let's, uh, let's call. I have a couple other things here I was going to chat about. It's really, it's really minor stuff. Let's call it a night. Let's have a good weekend. Let's try to remain positive, optimistic, and uh, continue fighting the fight. But do it in, from a from an American sense of optimism. I think we, that's probably the best way to approach it. Trish, thanks for being here. God, you've been a trooper all week here, all three nights. Thank you. Drew, good to see you again. Uh, the fern looks terrific. Maybe grow another one from the other side. That'd be awesome. And Kimberly, the mic sounded excellent. So thank you all for being here. Appreciate it. Don't forget to follow, thank share. You. And by the way, I do want to mention we've had problems with Foxhole all night. I don't know why. I'm not sure what's going on. In fact, it's not just Foxhole. It looks like YouTube's being a little wonky, too. I wouldn't be surprised if we get a, if we hear a report later on that there were some internet issues, outages somewhere in the country. Maybe a cyber hack or something. Who knows? Anyway, follow, share, like, subscribe, all of those things. We will have the weekend review over the course of the weekend, and we'll see you back here Monday night. Thanks for being here. <laughs>